Blog Talk Radio. Thousands of Christians in the country today join the world to mock Palm Sunday. Well, in Rome, Italy, Pope Francis led the Catholic faithfuls to commemorate the day ahead of Easter celebrations. Makori Ongechim with the details. Songs and praise rented the air as thousands of faithfuls carried palm leaves marching. This in reenacting the triumphant entry into Jerusalem by Jesus. Cardinal John Jewell led the Catholic faithfuls to celebrate Mass here while directing his message to the youth. And how wonderful it would be, even we ourselves, do not get enslaved by the challenges or by difficulties that come our way. I conclude once again, problems come and go, but you are there to stay. Across the country, processions were witnessed. A similar experience was witnessed at St. Peter's Square in Rome, Italy. Tens of thousands of people waved palm and olive branches as Pope Francis presided over Mass. In his message, Pope Francis urged Christians to remain humble. Exilius et Spiritus Sanctus. Palm Sunday is when Christians mark the day the Bible says Jesus rode into Jerusalem and was hailed by the crowd as Messiah, only to be crucified days later. It marks the start of a week of activities leading to Easter Sunday, one of the most important days on the Christian liturgical calendar. Makoriungechi, Citizen TV, Nairobi. 15th episode of the IV. On our 15th episode of the Ivy, we'll be discussing the week of Cubs' regular season games, as well as who had the best performances in each of those games, and how the injuries of John Lester and Victor Caratini will affect this team. Also, we'll talk about how Ian Happ, CJ Edwards, and Brian Dunstein have done in AAA Iowa thus far. Then finally, we'll talk about other NL Central notes. We talk about it all on our 15th episode of the Ivy. Polo with the check. Uh, I should put some crazy around my neck. Uh, go crazy with your Welcome into the 15th episode of the Ivy. As myself, Thomas, and my partner, Max, will be here with you for the next 45 minutes here on this Palm Sunday to dive into everything Cubs related. If you like the Cubs, you've come to the right place, and we're extremely grateful that you took some time out of your Sunday night to join us here. Max, after a week of not seeing you, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. All right, well, today we'll be talking about the Cubs' past week of games as well as how the injuries of John Lester and catcher Victor Caratini affect this Cubs team. Also, we'll look at how Ian Happ, Carl Edwards Jr., and Brian Dunstein have done Triple A. Then we'll wrap it up with other NL Central notes and how the standings look so far. Lastly, make sure to call into the show by calling the number 845-277-9345. That's 845-277-9345 to join us here and ask us a question or comments on anything Cubs-related. So, Max, now we're going to dive into our first topic for today, and that's going to be looking back at the Cubs' week of games. And I'm going to let you uh, start it out, actually, for uh, the Cubs on April 8th uh, when they beat the Pirates 10-0. to Thomas, I think we already got a few callers, don't we? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I believe we do. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the names are. Uh, Benson, if you want to bring them on or text us 
Otherwise, I was going to start it. Hugh from Chicago. Um, okay, we have Hugh from Chicago. Hugh, uh, can you hear us? Uh, hello? Yeah, how's it going? Uh, it's going very well, thank you. Do you think Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber, who do you think is bigger? Bigger hello? as in, uh, yeah, bigger as in, wh- what do you mean bigger? Or better, did like, you say? Uh, yeah, yeah, I said that. Better? Okay, Max, I'll let you open it. Um, I mean, obviously it's been a tough start for both of them. Um, I think Schwarber was really good to start off the season, but uh, he's slowed down uh, really in the past week. Um, I think current, I think uh, Kyle Schwarber has a higher ceiling, and but I, I mean, I, I think Ian Happ Wait, could. I think Kyle Schwarber. I think Kyle Schwarber as well. All right, uh, here we're gonna let you go. Thanks for calling in uh, with the question. But uh, Max, let's get into here uh, the first game of the week, uh, Monday. The Cubs won ten to zero. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, Monday was the Cubs' home opener. They won ten to zero, like you said. Um, overall, a pretty good game. Um, I mean, as what I had, um, I, I was there, so um, obviously I got to see a little bit more than you guys. Um, obviously, the worst part of that game was that John Lester had got gotten injured um running home or running to on his double I'm not exactly sure what it was from and he never clarified either um but the Pittsburgh Pirates made four errors in that game um and really could have been five there was a a ball that really should have been caught that wasn't um but overall it was a really good game um only eight hits um still scored 10 runs um so I think it was pretty good um and some notable performances from that day. Javi went two for five with a run and two RBI. Um, ben Zorbich went one for two with two RBI and two walks. Uh, Kyle Schwarber went one for f- one for four with a homer and two RBI. And then the scoring plays from that day, um, like I had said earlier, John Lester doubled, um, and that was the play that he was injured, either the double or running home. Um, I, Thomas, did you ever see anything? Was that clarified or not, what he was injured on? For which one? John? For or, Lester. What, what, Lester, yeah. So I think it was when he was coming home, he slid. When he slid into home, uh, he came up uh, came up funky or slow, I guess you did say, on his uh, left leg. Okay, that's what I thought it was, but I wasn't sure if I wasn't sure if something else had been said. Um, and Descalso as well, he was one for two that day. With two runs, um, and Hayward too. Hayward's had um, he started off great, two walks that day, and two runs scored. Um, overall, I think it was a pretty good game. Oh, and the bullpen too. Um, they did great. Um, after Lester had to come out after two innings, Brandon Kinsler, Randy Rosario, and Pedro Strope all pitched scoreless. Um, all had scoreless performances. Um, that was good to see. Um, and even just the past week, I mean. Before yesterday, I think they went, what, 17 and two-thirds innings, I think, uh, before allowing a run. So, um, after a tough start from them, I mean, that was definitely good to see. Yeah, and then uh, after that, the Cubs had off on Tuesday. They were back at it on Wednesday. And after the encouraging 10-0 shutout on Monday, the Cubs' bats went cold um, on that Wednesday game against Jordan Lyles in the 
whole Pirates pitching staff in general. Uh, the Cubs only totaled two runs tonight off of just six, or on that night, off just six hits. Um, Jason Hayward had three of those hits, so that just kind of shows uh, how little the Cubs offense had the whole game. Hugh Darvish was able to finish uh, five and a third with five hits, four earned runs, and four strikeouts. It wasn't a memorable outing uh, for Darvish, but he honestly kind of looked the most comfortable we've seen him, which was good um, given the zero walks that he had that night. Um, it was also good to see uh, the youngsters, or at least Alan Webster, um, and also Tim Collins through scoreless innings. Tyler Chatwood also through a scoreless inning, and I'm not sure. We'll get to it later, uh, but I believe he's still slated to start tomorrow because he was supposed to go to the day. Um, it, was but it, was overall, it was changed, Thomas. It's okay. Darvish who, tomorrow who now. It's okay. Darvish so tomorrow. We'll okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, but Chatwood looks fine in this game. Uh, Vasquez came in, though, and ended it. Uh, I believe, yeah, this was the game he went one and two-thirds. Four strikeouts out of his five outs. Uh, he came and closed the door after Lyles. Uh, six innings, three hits, one earned, and ten strikeouts against the Cubs. Uh, lineup he now has a 0.82 ERA in the season. But the Cubs lost five to two. Uh, but Max, uh, looks like they were able to win the series uh, there on Thursday. Yeah. Um, and then April 11th, uh, like you had said, they they won the series. Um, kind of a little, um, I would say, I guess if you want to say off day from the offense. Um, they won 2 nothing, only five hits. Um, and Descalso and Caratini, um, kind of a little surprise there. Um, they combined for four of those. Um, Descalso went two for three, um, as well as Caratini, too. Um, and Victor Caratini had also gotten injured that day. Um, what well, was he hit on the wrist? I want to say, or, or no, yeah. yeah, hit on the wrist. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Okay. Um, and a great performance from um, Jose Quintana. Um, really about time, right? Like, how long have we been waiting since his first yeah. start with the Cubs? I mean, it's really good to see him hit. Um, seven innings from him, only four hits, no runs, a walk, and 11 Ks. So that was definitely pretty encouraging, and we really hope to see more of that later in the season. And then scoreless performances from Steve Ciszek and Pedro Strope as well. Yeah, and like you said, I think you said, that marked the first Cubs uh, series victory. So that was definitely good to see. Then turning the page, they started a new series on Friday afternoon. It was a matinee matchup against the Angels. And for back-to-back days, we saw the starting pitching. Uh, really take over. Cole Hamels had eight innings of work, four hits, one earned, six strikeouts. He dropped his ERA to 3.79 on the year. Uh, that was a 106-pitch outing. Cubs won the game 5-1. to one. Brandon Kinsler closed it out in the last inning. No strikeouts, but it was a clean inning. As for the offense, it was a fun game to watch. Um, Anthony Rizzo uh, with his third homer of the year in the first inning, and then Wilson Contreras with the two – or sorry – Anthony Rizzo with a two-run homer, and then Wilson Contreras started out his big day at the plate. Uh, his first home run of the day gave the, patted the Cubs lead to three to zero, and then later on, David Bodie hit his first homer of the season, which was good to watch. And then Wilson Contreras uh, ended the scoring for the Cubs. It was his fifth homer of the season, his second, which was a solo shot in the sixth, uh, gave the Cubs a five to one, or patted their lead to five to one. And the only offense from the Angels was Albert Pujols' second home of the year, a solo shot. Uh, they only had four hits. The Cubs totaled ten hits. And Cole Hamels got his second win of the year. The Cubs improved to five and eight. Uh, and at this point, uh, you know, they were looking to win uh, what was going to be uh, their second 
series in as many days in the next game. Yeah, so uh, the next game was yesterday, April 13th. Um, overall, I mean, to me at least, uh, it wasn't a good game outside of Javi Baez. Um, Hendricks only went five innings, giving up three runs, runs two earned, um, only two Ks. I don't – I mean, Thomas, I think we can both agree here. I don't like what I've seen from him this season. Um, I think he's mm-hmm. definitely – he can't keep his pitch count low enough to where – he can get deep into the game, um, especially with how this bullpen um, – and like I had said before, before yesterday they were great, but um, yesterday they had struggled too. The bullpen continues to struggle, and pitchers can't get deep in, in games, especially Kyle Hendricks, who I thought was going to be um, our best starting pitcher this year. Like, that's a little concerning to me. So, I mean, yeah, I think he... I think eventually he'll hit, but – yeah, I mean, some of his numbers are definitely alarming. Uh, just in a 13 and a third innings across uh, three starts, so not even getting to five innings on average, more around four, closer to four. He's allowed 24 hits in that time, about two hits an inning. Uh, and then you look at it also, uh, he's allowing a 393 average. Um, he's allowed eight earned runs and only a total 10 strikeouts across those 13 and a third. So we're not seeing the... Uh, six inning, eight strikeout, Kyle Hendricks, which you are right about, and a 2.18 whip, about uh, double anything we've seen. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but do- about double anything we've seen in his uh, about five game career here or five season career here. Yeah, um, and then Javi Baez that day went three for five, um, with three doubles and two RBI. Uh, that was definitely good to see. I like that. Um, and then uh-huh. the guys who struggled out of the bullpen. Brad Brock gave up um, two earned runs and walked three guys and only recorded two outs there. Um, I mean, that was was not very – I mean, it wasn't the best to see, but with how he started, I mean, and really everyone in the bullpen, um, it's it's a little concerning to me still. Um, And then Tim Collins, the guy that we had called up for John Lester, he went an inning and gave up a run, um, which would ultimately end up us losing the game. Um, as well as the Kyle Schwarber um, at bat to end it. Uh, Schwarber was pretty um, upset, if you want to say, about a call that was made by the umpire, the third base umpire. Um, he had called that Kyle Schwarber swung on a 3-2 and two pitch from Cody Allen. Um, I mean, kind of a miserable way to end a game on a 3-2 with two outs. And, and what was it, second and third, Thomas? Yeah, so take it back a little bit. Um, so the Cubs were down, as we know, 6-2 to two in the eighth. Um, Mark Zagunas came on. He hit a two-out, two-run single with the bases juice. The scouts also ended the threat, but the Cubs kind of, you know, Wrigley Field was gaining that momentum. The Cubs only trailed by two runs. Uh, then in the ninth, I believe, let's see here, Kyle Ryan came in. He had two walks, but he got out of it with two strikeouts. And then, like you mentioned, uh, the Cubs had a ninth-inning rally. Uh, let's not forget Brian Goodwin's drop fly ball uh, in left field. Rizzo scored the fifth run at that point. Uh, there were runners at second and third with one out. Uh, Wilson Contreras with a miserable at-bat. Uh, I, I believe it was three pitches, Max. A three-pitch strikeout. Uh, he got caught look, or swinging at one in the dirt. And then in the last at-bat, like you mentioned, Kyle Schwarber got called out on strikes. Check swing second and third. It was a coin flip call to me. 
And the fact that we allowed two earned runs in the sixth via the walk uh, and the drop fly ball by Brian Goodwin, we really didn't deserve to win that game. So I think media and a lot of other stuff kind of kind of bundled that all up and started a little bit of a fire. But that was my take on it. What, what's your take on the ending there with Kyle Schwarber? Um, I mean, like you said, we didn't really um, deserve to win the game just because of the dropped fly ball from uh, Brian Goodwin. I mean, but this is one of the losses, I mean, that I look back at, and I'm like, like if we, I hate to mention it, but like if we like miss the playoffs or don't win the division, like this is one of the losses you're like, come on, like we lost this game because of a call by the third base umpire, like I don't know. It's it's just frustrating to me. Like this is a game we should have won. Like maybe we didn't deserve it, but I felt like we should have won it. I mean, yes and no. I just I just still go back to the theory of there's a lot of baseball plays being made in a game, and when your pitcher Hendricks goes five, he gives up three runs, two are earned. He only has two strikeouts. It's not like Chris Stratton was better, but you know this team was down. Entering the eighth with an offense that hasn't done anything all day, got saved by you know Mark Sagunis coming off uh, off the bench and with a, a two-two count, a two-run single, and then you add on uh, Jason Hayward's uh, pop fly to Brian Goodwin that even got the Cubs in that situation. I don't know. There's just a lot of plays throughout a game. Yeah, that, I mean that's true. Um... But overall, I mean, for me, it was just an unfortunate loss. Um, I mean, maybe at the end of the season, it'll, it'll, it won't mean anything. But I, I still don't lose like losing games like this. So I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, it's baseball. It's how it is. So. Yeah. So now uh, we're gonna get into an ad, and then uh, after that, we'll get into the second topic today for the John Lester and Victor Caratini injuries. This week's episode of the Mullins Catch, we will be breakdowning the Red Series and the Philly Series of this past week. We will also be discussing the upcoming schedule for the Mullins as they will be taking on the Chicago Cubs and the Washington Nationals. We will also be discussing our weekly award winners for this week behind us. Find out right here on the Mullins Catch podcast tomorrow at 5 p.m. Welcome back into the 15th episode of the Ivy here. Uh, make sure you give us a call at the number 845-277-9345 to join us, Max and I, on the podcast here. Ask us a question or comment on anything comes related, as we'd love to have you on. But, uh, Max, as we get into the second topic of today, uh, that's regarding John Lester's uh, hamstring injury and then Victor Caratini's hand injury. Uh, let's start it off with John Lester. Um, he got injured running and sliding into home plate, I believe. Uh, which game was that again? Max, you mentioned that, it before. That was opening day at Wrigley. Or okay, the home opening opener. day at Wrigley. Yeah, in which the Cubs won 10-0. to So at the time, uh, honestly, when I saw it, uh, I thought, you know, it wasn't great that he ended, that he left the game. Uh, but the fact that we won 10-0, I thought he would be fine, you know. Uh, not a lot of had come out about it. And then they said uh, that – he would miss at least one start, possibly two. And today was supposed to be his day to start. Uh, obviously, we had the postponement. But then, uh, as for tomorrow, you Darvish will actually start. And I'm not sure if John Lester is going to miss another start. And I think that's to be determined, correct, Max? Yeah. 
Um, but do you have anything else to add, something about uh, possibly the universal DH idea for John Lester's injury? Um, I mean, for me, I know I wanted to talk a little bit about the universal DH and John Lester um, because if I think both of us can recall, Thomas, the same thing happened with Pedro Strope last season. Um, running to first sometime in September, um, early September, if I remember correctly, um, and he had pulled something in his leg, I want to say. I don't remember what it was exactly. But, I mean, just just seeing injuries like that, like that was our closer at the time, and he was, like, being locked down. Like, he was doing whatever he could for the team, and then he even came back in the wild card to pitch. Um, just injuries like that, like, sometimes, to me, it's like I feel like if we would have had him, we would have had um, – I don't want to say, like, we would have won the division, but I definitely – because I don't remember all the games, like, did we blow a save or something? Like, I feel like we definitely would have possibly – I mean, we could have won the division if we had him. Yeah. I mean, it was I mean, it was a minimal amount of weeks. But, I mean, and the same thing comes with John Lester. Like, like maybe this is, like, something where it's like, yeah, he just needs a few days. But, like, maybe it's like, yeah, he needs a few days, but he actually, like, is still hurting. Well, I don't know. I just don't want it to come out to be, like, this – this could possibly screw up our tax, so. Yeah, uh, for me, I think it's, you know, I see, I, I was watching a game uh, the other night, and I forget what game it was, but the pitcher was up, and I know it happens every game, and I see it all the time when I'm watching the Cubs, but it was the most pitiful, like, at bat that I saw ever from a pitcher, like, you know, and I get it, I, we've all seen them before where they don't really take the, the, uh, the bat off their shoulder, but the pitcher just – it was just one, two, three. Like, and it, it almost was just getting – I don't know. I guess I valued more as I watch more baseball and get older. Uh, I value more – just more strategy involved. And I get that there is strategy with the pitcher, but it may be time uh, with all the injuries. And also just, like I said, uh, when you have pitchers, especially in interleague games, uh, like we saw just this weekend with the Angels coming here, uh, you know, like Tyler Skaggs up there, you know, that – you know that – two to three strikeouts, or at least it should be, um, where you shouldn't really know the outcome of any at that. Um, and I guess you, you don't really because, you know, Tyler Skaggs could get a hit, but um, you, you all know what I mean by that. Um, do you have anything else to add to that, Max, or uh, do you want to talk about Victor Caratini? Um, I mean, I think I agree with a lot of the points you made. Um, I just think it's about – that time where it needs to be switched just due to the injuries and it's basically an automatic out to me like you see the guy step up you're like oh it's like it's it's John Lester again like yeah I mean it's it's so much fun seeing pitchers hit home runs like especially like guys like Zach Granke and Madison Bumgarner like yeah they can Uh hit home runs but what are they hitting like I mean they get like 10 hits a season like to me it's just not fun to watch I mean, sometimes it is, like, yeah, they get a double, then it's fun to watch, but, like, striking out with the bases loaded and two outs, like, that's just, it's just not, like, ideal to me. Exactly. And also, like, where teams uh, intentionally walk, like, the eighth, the eighth batter. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The pitcher. Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But do you want to start talking about Victor Caratini and what happened with him? Yeah. Um. So, Victor Caratini... Um, he was injured. He was hit in the hand. Um, what was that? Two days ago, Thomas? Was that? It? No, that was. La- three days I, I, ago. I, three days ago, yeah. 
Um, he was hit in the hand, um, and one of the pitches before he had even gotten a hit, and he stayed in, um, and then had hit a double, um, and I, I mean I didn't even notice. I was watching the game and I didn't even I hadn't even noticed like that it was bothering him. It didn't look like it was, but yeah, um, same. Yeah, so it was a little weird like that. It was like announced like he had broken it or fractured it or whatever. I'm like, seriously? Like, why did he stay in and, and like, not say anything? Like, I guess it makes sense, but, like, I guess, like, to me, it's, like, you got to be safe. Like, tell Joe, like, that that you're hurt. Like, don't rush it. Because, like, for all we know, he could have hurt it even more, I mean, hitting that double. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, I, I just don't like that. And I think that, I don't know. I just think that night like I I don't know like if Joe will do something like next time like if he sees like a guy do that like maybe he'll be like or the trainer's like hey are you all right but like I I don't even think a trainer came out like Caratini was like yeah "Yeah, I'm fine I agree with you like that's kind of stuff that makes me mad you see like you and I both watch enough baseball where we know that stuff happens we know that injuries come up and sometimes it's more than just getting the winner loss, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice taking players out with their injuries. But why is it not transparent, you know, with this whole Victor Caratini thing, there seems to be this, like, kind of uh, mystery as to where he got injured, and all of a sudden he winds up on the 10-day I.O. Uh, with missing up to six weeks. I forget the bone he actually fractured. I think it was, like, the ham teller or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, we call it Taylor Davidson AAA, but throughout the whole course of the event, this whole thing that's happened, um, this is the kind of stuff that makes me mad. I agree with you. Uh, when, you know, no one's really there to stick up and say where it happened. Um, and this is the kind of stuff that just, uh, it adds up throughout a course of the season. And like you mentioned before in the podcast, um, it's been a rough start. And I hate to say it, but for whatever reason, like you said, if we don't win the division, you look at all this stuff that comes up that we could have maybe possibly prevented a longer injury. Uh, but, yeah, do you have anything else to add with Victor Caratini? Yeah, I mean, the only other thing is, like, Victor Car- like, it's not that he was, like, it's not, like, I wouldn't be as upset if he was, like, doing horrible. Like, I hate to see injury no matter what. And, like, I he get, like, right, he was doing, like, and, like, I had put something on my Instagram story. I was, like, like, does Victor Caratini deserve to start every day? Every day? And, like, would an ideal situation be to, like, start Caratini every day just because of, like, how good of framing pitches he is. And like, he's, I mean, I mean, I'm sure eventually he'll slow down, but like he was raking at the plate. Like he was hitting everything, like every ball he saw down the middle, it was a double. Like it was, it was just some, like he would always put the ball in play. And I mean, it was good to see, especially from a backup catcher. So I was like, well, with like how good of framing pitches he is. And like Cole has Cole really like Cole Hamels really likes him. And then he had caught um, most of Quintana's game, too. Um, so it comes to me, it's like, well, what if, like, we start Caratini every day at catcher and move Contreras to left field? I mean, obviously it would cause a lot of different, um, I don't know the word for it, I guess mixed emotions um, with different people. Yeah, controversy. Um, like, cause then, I don't know. It's just something that I was thinking about. And my dad had texted me, so, I mean, either way, it's just kind of frustrating because now we have Taylor Davis as our backup catcher for the next six weeks, so just stuff like that. And the like stats that. back it up. 
Yeah. That's backed it up. Uh, yeah. 14 at-bats, 8 hits for Caratini, 14 total bases, 3 doubles, a homer, adds 5 RBI and 3 walks, uh, only K'd and 4 four strikeouts and 14 at-bats. He played 6 games until he got injured with a 571 average and a 647 on base, uh, a slugging of 1 and a OPS of over 1.6. Um, crazy numbers for Caratini to start the year. Too bad he got injured. Some of the guys in AAA uh, trying to get back in and back right with the Cubs uh, that we've seen uh, as uh, kind of stalemates in the Cubs uniform the last couple years uh, in Ian Happ and C.J. Edwards. But Ian Happ, uh, 9 for 40 so far in 10 games in AAA. He has five doubles. No home runs, unfortunately. Uh, but he's added eight RBI. Uh, a little non-impressive, sort of, with the 225 batting average and the 279 on base. 13 strikeouts as well and 40 at-bats isn't amazing. Uh, but what do you think of Ian Happ so far? And then if you want to get to C.J. Edwards, I can wrap it up with Dunkley. Yeah. Um, to me, I mean, as what I had read, like Ian Happ like, went down to Iowa to work on his power. So, like, the no homers is kind of um, upsetting to me. And, like, especially because, like, like, I wouldn't be as upset if he's, like, hitting the – like, putting – a lot more balls in play and like getting on base more. But like the fact is he's not like, he's not getting on base as much and he's not hitting any homers. So um, overall to me, it's still frustrating for me to see like Ian Happ was so, I don't want to say so good, but like, I think like to me, he, he has a really high ceiling. And um, I mean, I love watching the dude. Um, It's just really unfortunate that um, he can't put, like, I don't know what the heck is going through his head, but whatever it is, um, he can't put stuff together. Um, and it's it's pretty unfortunate that he's sitting in Iowa. And part of the thing is, too, like, he's just – he's so, like, all that emotion in him has just, like, right when he was optioned, like, all the reactions of, like, other players on our team and him, too. Like, I saw a picture of, I don't even remember. It was, like, a triple, maybe. And he had, like, just a straight face. Like, he didn't even look happy or anything. It was just, I don't know. Something just seems off, and I don't really like it. But for CJ, um, four innings pitched, only two hits allowed, and only a run allowed for him in AAA, um, as well as three Ks and an opposing batting average of 143. Um, I mean... A lot of people really hate on CJ, not exactly sure why. So um, that's definitely encouraging, especially since he was struggling um, at the major league level. So um, I don't, I'm not very sure when he'll be back or when they have plans for him to be back. Um, but I'm hoping he can just keep this up in AAA. Um, and even when he comes back or whenever he is back in the MLB too. What do you think about CJ Thomas? Yeah, I like what I've seen, or not seen, but heard from CJ and seen stats-wise uh, from AAA. And then as for Brian Dunstan to wrap this segment up, uh, he struggled still with uh, four two-thirds innings, six hits, and three earned runs for Brian Dunstan uh, in the minors. So hopefully he can uh, turn around as he's really struggled. But we're going to get into an ad and then into the last topic of tonight's episode. will be diving into all things Philadelphia Phillies baseball. We'll be looking back at the Phillies' struggles against the Washington Nationals and the Miami Marlins, checking in on Aaron Nola and if his early season struggles are significant, looking at the success from Vince Velasquez and Jake Arrieta 
and how this lineup needs to be swapped around moving forward. Tune in Tuesday for all this and more on FanCast. Welcome back into the 15th episode of the Ivy. As we're diving into our third and final segment of today uh, and the 15th episode here of the Ivy's podcast, make sure to call in uh, if you want to get into the last comments or questions to us via the number 845-277-9345. That's 845-277-9345. But, Max, let's enter here into the last segment of today's show, and that's looking at the other NL Central teams and what's been going on them and what team do you want to start with Max? Um, I mean we might as well start with uh the top of the rankings. Um Milwaukee Brewers. Um they're ten and six. Um one interesting thing is Thomas, um I'm not sure that really you um have looked much at the standings or not, but the Brewers run differential is negative six. Um compared to every other team in the NL Central, all of them have positive run differentials. Um I mean, if you don't know, if people listening don't know what that is, it's pretty many. It's pretty much um, how many runs you score compared to how many runs you allow. Um, and then, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Is that right, Thomas? I want to say that is. Yep. So like, yeah, it's not to- it's not totally um, like cause and effect, sort of. But you are right in that when it gets to a certain point where all the other teams are positive and they're negative, and they lead us by, like, I think four and a half games or four games, uh, that then it is kind of something to bring up. But so, like, essentially all it's saying is that because the Brewers could – essentially they're losing games by a lot but winning by a little. So, yeah. I mean, you can take that for what it's worth. I mean, you could say they're losing by a lot because they had to have off days, but then they're winning close games. Like, they're being focused in close games, and their closers are getting it done, yada, yada, yada. Um, but it is a little concerning when you're negative and you have 10 wins. Yeah. Yeah. And something else to mention too. Um, I have not like, I haven't really looked like much into like advanced stats and like saber metrics just because we're at like 15, like nearly 20 games through. And like, I don't like looking into it much at the beginning of the season, but the uh-huh. expected win loss record, um, based on run scored and runs allowed for the Brewers, want to guess what it is? They've played 16 games. They're expected so, win-loss. After the 16 games already? Yeah. So it wouldn't be 10 and 6. It'd like be like some, like it'd be under that because okay. they're negative okay. in the run differential. Oh, okay. So it would be like 70 and something? No, like what their record would be. Like what do you think their record would be? Like expected oh, record. Oh, 16 games. Yes, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant for the rest of the season. No, um, no, no, no. Uh, uh, I would say so. They're ten and six right now. Yeah. Five and eleven. Seven and nine. I mean, five and like either way, like it just it yeah. just comes to yeah, show sure. like like how like they are winning these close games and like like either like their their bullpen has had like Jeffress and Jeffress and uh, Knable are already out. I don't know when Jeffress mm-hmm. is supposed to be back, but. I mean, either way, it just comes to show like how locked down they are, like at the end of the, at the end of games. And something else to mention too, um, they've played ten, ten games, um, or ten, ten other teams above five hundred, um, and they're five and five against them. So like their ten wins, half of their ten wins, so they're five and one against teams under five hundred, 
but they're five and five against teams above 500. So like to me, like it's like they're not gonna like keep up the pace that they're on right now. Like I think it's gonna change, and that's the same thing to say with every other team, um, in the division. So yeah, I mean, like St. Louis right now, they're nine and six with a plus 16 run differential, um, but they've played 13 of their 15 games above 500 teams. Um, and they're eight and five against 500 teams. So like they're performing good where like Pittsburgh has only played five games total above teams who are over 500 and like the Cubs crazy to me. I didn't even notice it, but every single one of the teams they've played have been over 500. Like that doesn't, that does not make sense to me because we've played like the Rangers, the Pirates, the Brewers and the Angels. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't exactly understand. Like, if they take the over five hundred from this season, like I don't get it exactly. But, like to me, I, it just feels like we should have won more games by now, and it's pretty frustrating. Like to me, and I think I've seen a lot of fans. Like, it's just to me, it's just really frustrating to see how fans react, um, just to the way we're playing. Like I see it, but you got to remember, like that road trip was horrific and we're like what 15 games in like you can't let that get to you yeah i think um milwaukee okay like right now right now milwaukee's milwaukee and st louis look pretty good um from the eye test so far and they're going to be good the rest of the season but i think the cubs uh when you look at it not a lot of teams, okay, us and the Red Sox were the last two teams to make our home debut, their home opener. Uh, we had to go to Texas. We had to go to Atlanta. We had to play our rival, who we lost to in game 163 last year, on the road, okay, to start the year. And then you come back, you beat the Pirates in that series. And I'd like to think that uh, – after this point loss yesterday, we could have came back and won today. So then, I don't know, you you, t- you take the record off because of that, I think it was six or seven game losing streak. Uh, and when you look at it in that way, I believe after the Cubs win on Friday against the Angels, they had won four of their last six. Um, at least I believe that's what the stat was. So, you know, I, it, I feel like there is a little shift coming uh, and regression is coming. And the fact that uh, I'm not going to take anything away from the Marlins, uh, but it, that's a series we should and will win. Um, I'd like to say will win. Uh, and then you come back home and you get a couple series at home. Uh, yeah, you get, you get Arizona and you get L.A. Dodgers, two tough teams, but uh, I think the Diamondbacks one is definitely winnable, and the Dodgers will be a fun series. So yeah. there could be a shift coming. Yeah, and uh, when we had started um, our first um, our first season series at home, twenty two of our next thirty games were at home. Um, obviously, it's not that that now. Um, it's different because we're already games in, but I mean, over the next three weeks, we're, I mean, a lot of our games are at home, which is super beneficial um, because, I mean, it really shows, like, the guys, like, they play well at home. Like, other, I mean, 
like both if you look at both of their losses like at home so far um the game yesterday against the Angels and then the second game in the Pittsburgh series like they're both like close losses in their games like they definitely were winnable like they just weren't won it's not like we're losing by tw- 10 runs or 6 runs even at home well, so, and it's like our first games where four of them were blown by the bullpen. Right, yeah. So, so now uh, I believe we are bringing on Johnny from Louisville. Wanted to talk to him, call us. Johnny, can you hear us? Yes. What's up, man? What's your question? Or just talk about Tim Collins. Uh, yeah, I just want to talk about Tim Collins. I mean, it's just super short and it's pretty impressive. He made it all the MLB. Oh. Yeah, so, um, Tim, for those who don't know uh, where Tim Collins came from, he played uh, four years in Kansas City, and then uh, up next was the Washington Nationals stint. Uh, and then with the Cubs this year, he made it up uh, back. Uh, I believe the Cubs traded for Tim Collins from the Twins uh, in spring training. Uh, or maybe, No, wait, it was actually the beginning of the season, I believe. It was like a last-minute ad, uh, and they kept him on the roster, and then eventually he was sent down but called up. Uh, I believe, Max, remember when he was called up? Was it for C.J. Edwards? No, nah, it was for Lester. It was for Lester? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so Lester uh, got injured and went to the I.L., and then so far, Tim Collins, two innings pitch, three hits, one earned run. Max, what, what do you think about Tim so far? Um, I think he's been, I mean, for a fill-in in a bullpen um, and pitching, I mean, he's been all right. He's looked, uh, one of the games I watched, he looked pretty good, so. Yeah, and John, do you have anything else to add with him? All right, uh, that, thank you, Colin. Thank you for calling in, Johnny, uh, about Tim Collins. We appreciate the call, man. Uh, no problem. Have a uh, terrific day. You too. All right, so we're back here for the last couple minutes. Uh, Max, do you have anything else to add here uh, about the NL Central uh, before we get out and uh, out of here? I know that I oh, did want to mention, I forgot to bring it up earlier, uh, Tiger Woods winning the Masters. That was something that was pretty incredible uh, for anyone that uh, – take part in watching golf uh, for the Masters. I know that I usually do not, but I saw it all over ESPN. Um, so I wanted to talk about that for a little bit. But do you have anything else to add, Max, uh, before we get out of here? Uh, not really much um, other than our next few um, series for other teams in the Central. Um, the Brewers play St. Louis, um, and then St. Louis obviously plays the Brewers. Um, the, Pits, uh, the Pirates are in Detroit. Um, for a series, um, an interleague series versus them. Um, and then the Cubs, um, obviously they're in Miami. Um, and then Cincinnati, they, um, them and St. Louis had just gotten out of um, Monterey. I don't even know how to pronounce it, Monterey or whatever it is in Mexico. Um, they split that series. Um, and now the Reds are headed to Los Angeles for a series versus the Dodgers. Um, so, I mean, I think – Especially for us, like you had mentioned, um, this is definitely a a winnable series down in Miami, um, and really a series that needs to be swept um, to bring this team back on track. So, um, 
obviously, uh, make sure you guys follow our Instagrams if you're not, um, and we'll keep you updated on that. Um, and Thomas, anything else to add? No, so uh, that's going to wrap up our 15th episode of the Ivy Podcast here on April 14th. Uh, like Max said, we look forward to seeing you guys. I believe, are we doing a show next week, Max, on Easter? I'm not positive. I have no idea. That's a great question. Um, I would assume so. I know that I am doing a lot of uh, Easter stuff on Saturday, um, so I believe I'll be free, especially Sunday night, I think I will be. Um, okay. So that will be hopefully our 16th episode of the Ivy. Uh, the Cubs will continue grinding along at the beginning of the season. The specific time will be to be determined, but we'll let you know, like Max said, via our Instagram. Mine is at the Cubs Wave. Max is at Risk News. We'll let you know throughout the week. Make sure you follow us uh, to get all your Cubs updates. And lastly, as always, go Cubs go, and we hope you have a relaxing rest of your Sunday night. Thanks, guys. Polo with the check. I just put some crazy around my neck. Go crazy with your The Ivy is produced by Benson Fector. The Ivy is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. For more of the Ivy content, be sure to head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com. Make sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Thomas at the Cubs Wave, and Max at Wrigley News. Follow the official Baseball Podcast Network social media accounts. Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to the Ivy. We'll see you next time.